0: It stands immovable. Its sheer size and majesty are overwhelming. At its peaks, await breathtaking wonder, an experience you've only dreamed of. And with each day that passes, the passion only deepens. You want to climb that mountain. Very few will attempt the journey. It's fraught with danger, peril. But something, something beckons you. You're desperate to experience its glory. You must leave where you've been. You can't stay where you are. So you sell what you must. You pack what you can. You make the sacrifice. You prepare for the journey. It's calling you. It's your time. You must, you must climb that mountain. Amen. Ready to do some climbing today? Amen. It's good to be here today. Spring break week for those that have kids in school, if you're still doing that kind of thing. Uh, But I'm excited to be here this morning. Excited to see what God has to say to each one of us. Amen. He is speaking. He will speak today. I'm confident. So uh, if you don't know my past, before I was in ministry, I was going to college to study architecture. I was all about that. From the uh, time I was a little child, I always found buildings and design fascinating. So studied architecture, and of course, in college, they're showing about all the great architects who uh, designed and built, and one of my favorites became Frank Lloyd Wright. I don't know if you've ever seen a Frank Lloyd Wright house or even heard that name uh, but he was kind of like this icon for me in the architecture world Read about him, saw a lot of pictures And uh, thought, I don't know if I'll ever get to see one of his houses You know, it's one thing to read about a person But it's quite another to go where they've been and see their work It's one thing to know about something It's quite another to, another to have the experience It's one thing to know about something It's quite another to have the experience, right? Right? So, the crazy thing is, uh, for you know, uh, later on, going to ministry, uh, Mary Heather, she has grandparents that live in Florence, Alabama. In fact, that's where we're leaving to go to today because her 97 year old grandmother passed away this past week, went to be with Jesus. Married 63 years. That's longer than I've been alive. That's fascinating, astounding. So we've been, you know, over the years, we go to Florence, Alabama, often to visit. It's a small town in the very northern part of Alabama. And uh, one year we're there, and I'm kind of flipping through one of their town magazines to see what's in Florence. They live kind of on the outskirts. We just go to their house and visit all the time. Years go by. I'm reading this travel guide. In Florence is a house designed and built by frank lloyd wright crazy i could not believe it i gotta go to this place wanted to go that year it was under kind of remodel you couldn't go as soon as i could the next trip back we went i couldn't believe it i was standing at and then got to go in and see a house designed by frank lloyd wright i got to be in the experience of something he had created It's one thing to know about something. It's quite another to experience it, right? There are things that God has for you and I that are bigger than just words on a page in the Bible. They are experiences that he wants us to have with him. It's more than just what you know, it's what you experience. And God is faithful to design life in such a way that we'll walk up into these experiences and see firsthand who he is and what he has for us, right? So this series called Climb That Mountain is about that, That God has some things He wants us to experience in Him, not just know about Him, but to actually experience, to go there, to see it, to experience it, to walk in it, to feel it, to know it completely. We started the series last week. We looked at the first mountain that's listed for us in Scripture. If you're reading it from Genesis forward, it was a mountain called what? Anybody remember? Ararat. It's where Noah's ark landed. It's how Noah got from the place of where destruction was coming, the flood, to a place of security and safety. It was a picture of salvation, really. Noah and his family were saved from the flood because they entered into the ark that took them there. This week, we're looking at the second mountain that's found in Scripture if you're walking forward through the pages of Scripture. And like last week's mountain... There's a truth that we are going to see today, and that truth is this, that God reveals his greatest glories to those willing to climb the greatest mountains of faith. If you're willing to take the journey, now that you've entered into Christ, if you're willing to do the work, take the journey, sacrifice, put your all into it, go on the journey, you're going to experience some things that you've never experienced before. And they'll be bigger than just the words on the page. In fact, they'll bring the words on the page to life in a way that you've never seen before. The second mountain that we're going to today is a mountain in the area called Moriah. It's in Genesis chapter 22. If you want to go ahead and turn there, you can. If you've got your Bible app, you've got your, your cellular device, whatever it is you've got your Bible on, or if you've got a page Bible, turn to Genesis 22. Let me talk to you for just a, min- a minute about Moriah. This is a mountain that a man named Abraham will visit. God will call him there to this area where Moriah is located, and he will have an experience there. It's interesting, the word Moriah or the name Moriah means God sees. Now, similar to it's one thing to know about something, it's quite another to experience it. It's quite quite another thing to know that God is in a place but that God sees you in that place. Mm. It's one thing to know he's there. It's quite another to know he sees you. So several years ago, I had the opportunity uh, to go down. I got an invitation, just shocked me. I had an invitation because someone else had kind of backed out of the arrangement. This, This friend called me and said, hey, I work for Governor Greg Abbott. They're having a pastor's luncheon. Would you like to come down tomorrow and have lunch with Greg Abbott and a few pastors? What, the governor? The Greg Abbott in Austin? Yes, come on down. I loaded up, went down. Go into the governor's mansion. I mean, it's crazy. I'm in the governor's mansion. It's a big deal for me. It would be for you or not. It is for me. I'm in there and I get into the room and we're sitting at this table. There's only about 12 people, 12 pastors there at this luncheon. I'm thinking, this is crazy. And soon, here he comes. He comes right into the room. He's right there. It's crazy. He's in the room with me. I'm in the room with him. The governor right here. And pretty soon, He was looking at me. (laughs) Pretty soon, he was making his way over to me. Pretty soon, we were shaking hands. We were talking. It's one thing to be in a place and know someone's there, it's quite another when they see you and they talk to you. We had lunch together. He asked me a question, I answered him with a shaky voice. We got our picture made together later. I got to see the governor. He saw me. That's what's about to happen for Abraham. He's going to a place called God sees. But what's going to happen there is going to forever change his life. God sees. The mountain, I'm calling this day the mountain of surrender. If you want to see what God has for you, You have to get to a place of surrender. Genesis. 22 is where we are today. It's, uh, it, we're entering into a story that's already in progress. It's kind of like watching a series on Netflix, and you pick up like in, you know, episode eight, you know, of the whole season. So let me tell you a little bit of the backstory so you can catch up here and see what's happening. Abraham is a man who is older. He's married to a, a woman named Sarah. She's older. They don't have any children. The Bible says she's barren. She could not have any children. And they've reached the point of like no children. It's that age for them. And so no children, barren, and God shows up to Abraham one day and makes him a promise. He gives him a dream. Abraham, you're going to be a father. You're going to be a father of nations. Abraham is stunned by that, as you and I would be if we were older, such as myself, and didn't have any more children or plans to have any more children. All of a sudden, God says, you're going to have some more children, and Or you're going to have a child, Abraham, and Abraham is shocked by it. In fact, his wife laughs at God for it, at, at Abraham when she tells the news. And God proves himself faithful. This is what God does. He'll make a promise that's bigger than what you can take in, and then he'll do it in a way you never thought possible. And they had a child, and they named that child the very thing that Sarah did when she heard the news. Laughter. It's true. They named him Isaac which means laughter, because they thought, <laughs> "Baby, you're crazy. Guess what? Here's your baby laughter. That's what they had. They had a baby named Isaac, and it was like, oh, this is crazy. God fulfilled his promise. God did what he said he was going to do. This is a great story attached to all of that and how we did it, but that's what God loves to do. He loves to invade your life, make a promise to you, paint a picture for you, give you a dream for something that you think, how in the world? He says, look, it's not about you and how you figure out how this comes to pass. It's about you trusting me. I'm going to bring it to pass. Yeah. That's what God likes to do. He did that for Abraham, and he does it in our life. So they have this baby named Isaac, and it is, it's the dream come true. It's happening. One child, he's not the father of nations yet, but it's, it's that dream. It's amazing, And he trains his little boy. He grows him up. He walks with him. Time has passed. We're not exactly sure what age Isaac is in the story as we were about to interrupt it. He's old enough to know what's going on, as you'll see. He's old enough to think for himself, as you'll see. He's old enough to be... Carrying some things, as you'll see. So I'm guessing he's 12, 13. Could be older, but I'm going to put him about that age in the story. Let's jump into the story here. Genesis 22, verse 1. It says, Now it came to pass after these things that God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham. And he said, Here I am. A test. God's about to bring a test into Abraham's life. It's different than the test that you and I think about because when you're in school, your teacher teaches you something for a while and then you take a test to see if you know the stuff, right? It's a little bit different because when God tests, he already knows whether you know it or not. The test is not to see what he knows about you. The test is to see what you know about him. He's about to reveal something and he wants you to see whether you know it or not. It's not about whether he knows it. He already knows whether you do or not. It's about you. The test is going to reveal whether, what you know to yourself. He's going to show himself faithful for your benefit. It's a test. And God gets his attention and first says, Abraham. I don't know whether he, Abraham, whispered it. Or if he said, Abraham! Either way, Abraham did the right thing. Here I am. That's what you do. When God speaks, here I am. I'm ready. Verse 2. It says, Then he, God, said, Take now your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. Wow, what a fascinating, unusual story. God Brings about a vision, a dream. And then God says, all right, I want you to take that baby, that one that you love, and I want you to go to this area, to a mountain I will tell you about. And I want you to offer him there to me as a sacrifice. This is the dream. This is what they had waited for. This is what they had longed for. This is what their future was all built on. This was the dream. It was Abraham and Sarah's dream. They had gotten it from God. He told them about it. And it had come true. It's the dream. And God wanted to show Abraham something. God wanted to teach Abraham something. God wanted to unfold something for Abraham and for Isaac that would forever change their lives, just as God wants to do for us. Have you ever had a dream given to you? I don't mean something weird. But I'm sure, as a follower of Jesus Christ, and I would bet even if you haven't become a follower of Jesus Christ yet, there are some things that God has put in your heart. Maybe you've told someone, Maybe you haven't. A dream so close to you that you think, man, if this, if only this could happen, I would just be forever grateful to God. Anybody ever had a dream like that? Anybody have something in your heart like that right now? It's okay lift your hand. You're not alone. Yeah, I do. I got some things. I got some things that are deep in here I don't tell a lot of people that I long for, pray for, want to see happen things that God puts deep within us. You didn't come up with it. He put it there. And when he puts it there, he wants to bring it to pass. And he'll do it in a way different than what you think because he's gonna bring it to pass in his way, in his time, but you and I, what we like to do is we get some glimpse of what we want to see happen, of that dream, and we think, great, let's go, and we start trying to make it happen in our own strength. We start trying to make it happen on our own terms. We start trying to make it happen the way we want it to happen. We don't wanna have to go through any trials along the way. We want it to be easy. We want it to be pain-free. We just want to see it happen and we want to get there. And God says, you know, I'm the one that gives dreams and I'm the one's that bring I'm the one who brings them to pass. If you try to do this on your own, you're going to end up in a bad place. I want you to let me bring it to pass. So I'm going to have to walk you through a scenario that will help you let go of it. Get your hands off of it so that I can do it. So this is where our story picks up today. God has told Abraham, Abraham, I've given you a a son. I've given you a dream. And Abraham, I want you to give that dream to me. I want you to make your way to a mountain. I want you to make your way to a place of sacrifice. I want you to begin the journey where you let me bring the dream to pass. So to help us this morning, I, uh, I brought along something. I brought along my own big dream. It's a big dream. I've got one. You've got one. God put it in your heart. I want you to think about Maybe some of your big dreams right now. Just kind of get a picture of what some of those are in your head and your heart. Look, this is real this morning. I hope you know we're not playing games here at this church. I'm not just talking religious talk. I'm talking about real life stuff. Because that's what the Bible is. It's real life stuff. God puts dreams in your heart. And he put it there for a reason. Because he wants to show himself strong and faithful and glorious in your life and through your life. He'd give you one of these He'll give you a big dream. He'll give you a big dream for your marriage. He'll give you a big dream for your children. He'll give you a big dream for your life. He'll give you a big dream for your job, for your career, for your interest, for ministry, for all kind of things. He'll give you a big dream. Don't discount that when he gives it to you. Hold on to it. Don't discount it because it's too big because he's the one that gives it. Don't discount it because you can't see how it's going to come to pass because he's the one that gives big dreams. Amen? He'll give a big dream and he'll want to see to it that he brings it to pass. He will see to it. Not you. He will see to it. There's going to be some times along the way you're going to have to do what he says, not what you want to do, in order for the dream to come to pass. You will have to surrender your will, your will in the way. And say, not my will, but your will be done. That's what Jesus did. He had a big dream. God took him through a dark path, a garden, a cross, before the dream could come to pass. A big dream. Let's move on. I'm going to keep holding my big dream right here, if that's all right with y'all. We're in verse 2. So, Abraham rose early in the morning saddled his donkey, took two of his young men with him, and Isaac his son, his dream, his big dream, and he split the wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place of which God told him. Abraham set out on a path. God, you want me to give you my big dream. You want me to surrender it to you I'll do it. But I'll tell you right now, from a personal perspective, it's not easy letting go of your big dream. You don't just say, okay, God, here you go. It's, it's part of you. It's you. It's attached to stuff in your life. It's attached to people in your life. It's attached to your future. And, and the, a funny thing happens, we get our dream from God. It's like, okay, thank you. You can go away now. I got it. That's what you and I do. And God says, whoa, 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 whoa. You you misunderstand here. I gave the dream to you. I want you to hold on loosely. Any 70s music fans? I just quoted a lyric. Thank you. Just hold on loosely. But don't let go. I'll stop there. 38 Special, my favorite. Right? Right? Any 38 special fans in the room? Thank you very much. All right. Um, yeah, the rest of you are like, what is he talking about? <laughs> Us 70 folks, we know. All right. Uh, we're in a world, were we? Uh, so, Abraham, look what, it, look what he does here. If you want to do the work of surrendering your dream to God, look what you got to do. You got to get up early in the morning. You got to rearrange your priorities. If you're going to surrender your dream to God, because that's what I, uh, Abraham's on his way to do, you got to get up early right in the morning. you gotta, you got to saddle your donkey. you got to prepare for this. This is not going to be easy. You're about to surrender the thing most precious to you, Isaac, the son whom you love, your dream, what you think about day and night, what runs through your mind when you lay your head down on your pillow at night you got to get up early. you got to do the work of saddling your donkey. You're going to need to take two young men with you. That's what Abraham does. When you're in the process of laying down your dream, you got to find some people who will go with you and encourage you along the way, who will help you in the process, who will go with you there. And you got to get the wood ready for the offering. And you have to go to the place and God tells you, okay, God, you gave me this dream. I'm holding on to it more tightly than I ought to. In fact, I'm already starting to see that the more I hold on to it, the more I actually bring pain to my dream. It seems like the longer I hold to it, the further away it gets because I keep my hands on it. And God says, I know. That's why I'm calling you to Moriah, the second mountain. Let's go on. Verse four. I'm just gonna keep holding on to my dream, if that's okay. <laughs> Verse four. Then on the third day, Abraham lifted his eyes and saw the place afar off. Three days they've been traveling. They're not on a plane, they're not in a car. They didn't call Uber. They're walking. And three days have passed. It's the third day. The third day. And then it says, he lifted his eyes and he sees the place afar off. They've been going for three days. And he looks up and it's still a long way off. It's not easy surrendering your big dream. It takes time. It's a process. You walk, you let go a little, and you get closer to the place where you're just going to surrender it to God. Maybe that's where you are up to this point. Maybe God's been speaking to you about some areas in your life. Maybe he's talking to you about your life as a whole, and he's been calling you, and you've been, you've been just resisting and holding on and saying, hey, back off, and he keeps calling you. You keep making the journey. You keep walking. Some time has passed, and you look up and you think, I still got a ways to go. That's where Abraham is. Verse 5. It says, And Abraham said to his young men, those who were with him, Hey, stay here with the donkey. The lad, the dream, and I, we're going to go yonder. And worship, and we'll come back to you. I love this verse, and I'm stunned by this verse at times because you have to think okay, Abraham, you're about to go surrender your dream, your Isaac, to God. He told you to offer him as a sacrifice. That's what you know you're going to do. But here, Abraham says in front of Isaac, in front of the two, hey, we're going to go, we're going to worship, and we will come back. He wouldn't talk about him and the donkey. He says, we will come back. Me and Isaac, we're going to come back. But God had told him to go and offer Isaac, but Abraham says, we're going to come back. So either Abraham has this incredible faith that God is going to do something, which is possible. Or he could have thought to himself, you know, I just really don't want to let them know what's going on here. I don't want to alarm anybody. So I'm just going to say, we're coming back. Or Abraham didn't really want to tell Isaac what was about to happen. Maybe Abraham thought, I don't know that I can tell my dream. What's going to happen? Have you ever had that internal conflict in your own, your own mind and heart? A big dream's God given you, God's given to you, and you think you hear God say, "Surrender your dream to me. Let me carry it out. Let me work it out. Let me have it. Let go of it. And you think, "I don't know that I want to tell my dream, that I'm going to take my hands off of it." You have this internal conversation. I just don't know if I'm ready to do that yet, to say I will let go, I'll surrender it, completely. I'll give it up. I'll lay it down. It's this internal conflict that goes on. God, I don't know if I'm ready to let go of it. I don't know if I'm ready to let go of my life. I don't know if I'm ready to let go of control. I want to do it my way. I want to do it in the time that I want. I want to do it like I want. I want to do it when there's no pain. I want to do it when there's no resist. I want to to do it. Can you relate to me? I know God gives a dream. He says, surrender, and Abraham is on his way. Verse six. So Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac, his son, and he took the fire in his hand and a knife, and the two of them went together. Ah, Interesting. The two go together together it's interesting that at this point Abraham says to the men hey you stay here me and Isaac are going there there's a place where you go with others but there's a time that you have to go before God just you and your dream just you and your dream and no one else No one else can go for you. No one else can go with you. You have to go before God with your dream. You have to go there. And this is what Abraham is doing with Isaac. It's interesting here he says in this passage, and this is why I think at least Isaac had to be 12 or more, is that he takes the wood for the burnt offering. He's going to offer this sacrifice. He gives the wood and he says, I'm going to place it, Isaac, on your back I'm going to lay it on you, Isaac. You are going to carry the wood up the mountain. Isaac, you are going to bear this burden. You're going to carry it. It's going to be on you. Dream? This is going to be a burden on you. Is your dream? ever faced a burden in your life? Has your dream of a marriage that's different than you've got right now, has it had to bear the burden sometimes? The dream of being in a certain career, having a certain success, having a certain ministry, being involved in a ministry for the kingdom of God, have those things for you ever had to bear a burden while you went on and did your work, while you went on and lived life and the dream had to bear the burden of that? It had to bear the burden of not being fulfilled like you thought, When you thought, in the way you thought, your big dream had to bear the burden. That's what's happening here for Isaac. He's bearing the burden. But that very burden is going to become what ignites the worship. The pain, the struggle, the resistance, the weight is going to be what Abraham and Isaac Will carry right up into the very presence of God, and Abraham will cry out to God with his big dream. Are you with me so far? Can you relate to me this morning so far? I'm going to hold on to my big dream just a little bit longer, if that's all right with y'all. They make their way up the mountain of surrender. Verse 7. It says, but Isaac spoke to Abraham, his father, and said, my father. And he said, here I am, my son. And he said, look, the fire and the wood, but where's the lamb for a burnt offering? You see, Isaac wasn't totally informed of what was happening here. He knew they were going up for a a moment of worship. He knew there needed to be a sacrifice but Isaac's looking around like, hey, where's, that, uh, where's the lamb? Something's got to be offered here to God. Where is that? God's got to be in this somewhere, right? You, I see the fire. I see the wood. Uh, where's the sacrifice? I'm just getting a little bit nervous here. That's what dreams do when they don't get fulfilled in their time that we thought. It gets a little nervous. Dreams start asking questions like, hey, when am I going to be fulfilled? When is this going to happen? How come this is taking so long? Where's God in this? Isn't there supposed to be a, you know, some involvement of God? Isn't there supposed to be him stepping in, intervening, him sacrificing, him providing? Hey, where's the sacrifice? Isaac's getting a little nervous at this point. Isaac's questioning Abraham. Just like your dream keeps questioning you. When is this going to happen? How long is this going to take? Is this always going to be difficult? Is this ever going to happen? Where's God in this whole thing? Amen? Verse 8. Abraham responded. He said, my son, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering. So the two of them went together. You see, in this moment, Abraham doesn't know where the sacrifice is going to come from, but he says, Isaac, God's going to provide the lamb. He's going to provide in the right time, in the right way. And Abraham is learning a powerful lesson here. And Abraham is experiencing something different than just words on a page. He's learning to wait and trust that God will bring about what he put in his heart. In his time, in his way, he will bring it about. Abraham says, I'm not going to lose hope. I'm not going to let fear reign. I'm not going to jump in and try to make this happen by my own strength. I'm not going to try to force the situation. I'm not going to keep fussing until it happens. Boy, that's so easy to do, right? Right? Let me just talk to some groups of us here this morning for just a little bit. Teenagers, you want to get your parents all in line. You want them to understand what's going on. You keep thinking, when are you guys going to get this? Come on, can't you understand? And God says, look, I'll take care. I will unfold my plans for you in my time. You need to trust me through your parents right now and obey. And all the parents said, amen. (laughs) Wives, you just wish that husband would just straighten up. You wish he would just do right. You wish he would just get it. You wish he would finally come alive. And you're trying in your own strength to get him there. If I can just fuss at him enough, if I can just point out all of his problems enough, If I can just fix him and I'm going to try my best, I'm going to show him. And God says, look, I put the dream, I'll bring it to pass. You trust me and do what's right in the process. Don't violate my ways and expect me to work in your life. Trust me, I'll bring your big dream to pass. You're going to have to let me do it, not you do it. Hello? Husbands, you wish your wife would just learn. she'd just get it. That she would just all of a sudden understand. It's not up to you, guys, to make that happen. Your job is to be obedient in the process. Love your wife as Christ loved the church. That's your role. He will change her heart in time. He will will work and bring about what you long for in his time. What we do is trust him and keep laying down the dream at his feet to be the one who does the work. Amen? Amen. Yeah. We can all say amen because there's a lot of application here for us in all the different areas of our life. It's interesting here that Abraham says, my son, God will provide For who? Look at it. Himself. He didn't say, God will provide for me. God will provide for us. He said, God will provide for himself. He asked me to come here. He'll provide the sacrifice for us being here. What God starts, he completes. If he demands a sacrifice, he'll provide it. And it says, then the two of them went together. Side note for husbands and dads right here. If you'll step up and be the spiritual leader, you'll find others wanting to follow you a little bit more than they have in the past. Abraham's stepping up being a spiritual leader here. He's taking the initiative. He's speaking out. And the two go together. Let's move on here to verse 9. It says, Then they came to the place of which God had told him. It was a process, a place he finally told him about. He unfolded for him. It says, and Abraham built an altar there and placed the wood in order. And he bound Isaac, his son, and laid him on the altar upon the wood. All of a sudden, Isaac's like, wait a minute. I think I see what's happening here. I'm the one. I'm the sacrifice. You don't see Isaac resisting You see Isaac submitting because Abraham is acting in faith at this point. And Abraham is taking his big dream, his future, what God had promised, the thing that's most precious to him, and he lays it upon the altar. He prepares it. He builds it. He gathers some stone. He lays the wood, and he gets ready for this grand moment where he's going to surrender to God his big dream. It's interesting to me that it happens here in a moment of worship. It's a worship experience that's about to happen here. Abraham is worshiping God. He's bringing a sacrifice. And the thing that he's bringing is his big dream because that's what God told him to bring. I want you to bring your dream, Abraham. And I want you to lay it on the altar. Man, that is, that's tough. It's tough when you've got this picture in your mind of what you want to see happen. It's tough when you've got this heartbeat in you that, that drives you throughout your day. It's in your mind, and you lay your head down at night, and This dream you want to see, and God's put it there, and you pray, and you wait, and you look for it to happen. and It hadn't happened yet, and you keep trying to force it to happen. You keep trying to make it happen, and it still hadn't happened yet. And God's saying, I bring about my dreams in my way. You're going to have to surrender your dream to me. And Abraham does the work, climbs the mountain builds the altar, takes his big dream, and in this moment, in the passage, he he comes to the place where he lays his big dream on the altar. I can't imagine what it must have been like to lay it there, lay him there, and then to take his hands off, to back up, to walk away, to say, okay, God, you ask for it. It feels so awkward letting it go out of my hands. It feels so awkward releasing the control. It feels so awkward taking myself out of it and choosing to do what you say over what I want to do. It's one of those things that doesn't make logical sense. But faith never does. Faith isn't about logic. Faith is about trusting God. And he surrendered his control. He surrendered his hands from it. In fact, verse 10 tells us that Abraham stretched out his hand and he took the knife to slay His son. He didn't just lay it on the altar. He was now going to pick up a knife and bring an end. He was truly going all the way in this deal. God, you said sacrifice. I will sacrifice. This is counter to everything that I know. This is counter to everything that I feel. But God, if this is what you say do, I am willing to do it. I will let him go. I will release him. I will trust him into your hands. This is what faith does. Faith says, not me, you. Faith says, my hands off I'll do what you want. Faith is completely surrendered to do what God says in spite of what it feels like. When your emotions are raging against it, you say, God, what you want, not what I want. And he let him go in that moment. And he's ready to bring an end to his big dream. Verse 11 and 12. In that moment, it says that the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham... Abraham. So he said, here I am. He stops. The knife is in the air. He's ready to bring it in. He's ready to do what God asked him to do. And the angel of the Lord stops him. And he said, do not lay a hand on the lad or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God since you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. This is what real obedience looks like. It wasn't just enough for Abraham to say, well, I mean, I I have a heart that's willing to obey. I'm willing to do whatever you say. I mean, I I will. If that's what you want, God, I will do it. I mean, I'll do whatever. No, obedience goes all the way to do the thing God called you to do. Obedience takes the step. Obedience doesn't just sit back and think about it. Obedience doesn't just sit back and have a good thought about it. Obedience goes all the way to the point where attitude becomes action and you put it into practice. You do what God asks you to do. You obey when it seems difficult to obey. You obey when it seems impossible. You obey when you can't see what the results are going to be. And in this moment, the angel says, stop. He interrupts the story. I love what's happening here. Look at this verse. But the angel of the Lord. That's not a typo there. Angel with a capital A. In the Old Testament, when you see that phrase, it is that moment God himself has shown up in what theologians call a pre-incarnate form of Jesus. In other words, this is Jesus before he came in the flesh to be Jesus. He shows up in this moment. It's the angel, capital A, of the Lord. He is speaking to Abraham in this moment. And catch what's happening. Watch this. The angel of the Lord, Jesus, before he came in the flesh, says, Stop. 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 Abraham, you father, from taking the life of your son. It's Jesus saying that. It's almost as though Jesus is saying, Abraham, you don't have to take the life of your son because I'm the son who's going to give his life at the father's call one day. It's Jesus saying that to Abraham. All of a sudden, the motion stops. What was happening there? Silences. Abraham stops. And the angel says, Now, Abraham, you know, God knows, you've not withheld anything. Abraham, you've just taken in a powerful moment here. You've just learned something significant. That God... Always fulfills what he begins. Verse 13, then Abraham lifted his eyes and looked and there behind him was a ram caught in the thicket by its thorn, by its horns. So Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up for a burnt offering instead of his son. God provided a sacrifice for his son in the right moment. There was the sacrifice. It had been there, provided by God, in the right moment, and that's what God does. God steps in and answers and provides just like he said he would do. Amen? And something changes in this moment because now Isaac doesn't have to lose his life. Isaac has now something new about him. Isaac has been redeemed. Isaac has been paid for. A sacrifice has been given for Isaac. He has been ransomed in this moment. Isaac, your life has new purpose now. Isaac, your life will never be the same again. You will always remember this moment as will Abraham. Your life has been redeemed by a sacrifice. What a beautiful picture of Christ. For us, instead of having to give up, he had a sacrifice come for him. Verse fourteen, it says and Abraham called the name of the place, the Lord will provide, as it is said to this day, in the mount of the Lord it shall be provided. If you go back into the original language, what I love here is you'd first of all you'd find instead of the Lord will provide, you would find um, the phrase Jehovah Jireh, yeah? If you were a believer back in the 80s, there was a song we sang in church about Jehovah Jireh, right? Hello? So what's cool is that what that means is God will see to it. He'll see to it. If he promised it, he'll see to it. You remember what Moriah meant? God sees, and now all of a sudden, Abraham has a new name for this place. God will see to it. God sees, and he will see to it. And Abraham learned a powerful lesson about faith that day, about trusting God that day. It's a a story that happened on a mountain that God wants to take us to as well. You know, as 21st century Americans... We have within our very core, our, our nature, this this thing that says, I can do it. I can do it. I can work this out. I got it. Leave me alone. I don't need any help. Hello? I don't need anybody to help me. I don't need anybody to come over. Just let me do it. Leave me alone. I got this. I got this. I got this. I got this. That's what we like to say and do. And... There's a part of that that just has to go away if you're going to be a follower of Jesus Christ. You cannot keep saying, I got this. I got this. I don't need anybody else. I don't need anybody else's help. I don't need you, God. I got this, God. That has to die. And that's what dies when you go up to Mount Moriah. And that's why God will say to you, look... I know you're trying to work this thing out in your life. I know you got this big dream, and it's not happening yet. It's because you keep holding on to it. It's because you won't let it go. Come to Mount Moriah, climb up the mountain, do the work, prepare the sacrifice, bring it to me. You've got to let it go. You've got to get your hands off of it. You've got to quit saying, I got this, I got this, I got this. I don't got this. That's what you got to say. I don't got this. I've been trying it ain't working. God, I bring it to you. I lay it down. I lay my dream down. I take my hands off of it. I sacrifice it to you. You are the only one who can bring it to pass. What happens next is all Blessing. I want to read the last verses of the passage and we'll wrap this up. Verse 15. It says, Then the angel of the Lord called to Abraham a second time out of heaven and said, By myself I have sworn, says the Lord, because you have done this thing and have not withheld your son, your only son. Blessing, I will bless you. Multiplying, I will multiply your descendants as the stars of heaven and as the sand which is on the seashore. And your descendants shall possess the gate of their enemies. In your seed, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed, because you have obeyed my voice. Abraham learned a powerful lesson that day. He could have heard all this that God was saying to him and thought, how's that all going to come about? How's that going to work? This is just one guy. How's it going to be nations? How are they all going to be blessed? How are they going to multiply? Abraham didn't have to ask that anymore because he learned on that day, it's not for him, us, to ask how. It's for us to say, yes, sir. Abraham didn't have to know anymore. He learned his lesson. He knew that God is the one who fulfills dreams, who puts them in our heart, and he says to us, bring it to me. Bring it to me, all you who are weary, heavy laden. I'll give you rest, and I'll give you far more than that if you'll trust me. Trust me. Do you want what's on? Mount Moriah today? There's blessing there. Untold blessing. Could you come to the place where you say, I want what's on that mountain. I want what's on the mountain of surrender. I want that. I want that for my life. I don't want to live with me in charge. I don't want to live with me saying, I don't need anything. I don't need anything. I want to live with, I need you, Lord. And if it means climbing Mount Moriah, if it means doing the hard work of surrender, then God, I'll go there. If it means bringing your marriage, your big dream for your marriage to God, then you do that work. You bring it to him. You stop trying to be the one to make it all happen. You stop being the one to try to control it. You stop being the one who's trying to force it and trust God and obey him. When it comes to your children, stop being the one who's nagging, complaining, encouraging. You be the one who obeys what God says. Surrender them to the Lord. Do the work of climbing the mountain of Moriah. God, I will climb the mountain of surrender. Is it a dream God's put in your life to be something significant for Him? Do the work of climbing the mountain and surrendering to Him. Is it something in your career? Is it something in your heart that you haven't told anybody? Is it something to do with you and God? Do the work of surrender. Jesus has come that you and I might have life, but you can't have that life if you're holding on to it yourself. It requires letting go so that God can do the work. Would you bow your heads with me this morning? In every one of our hearts, there is something that God has given you a dream for, a passion, a pursuit, a hope, a longing. That place awaits those who will surrender, who will climb Moriah, do the work, and say, God, I lay it on the altar. I leave it here. I trust you with it. Heavenly Father, this morning, I know in every one of our lives you you're calling us. You're calling us to a new place of deeper faith and of deeper surrender. A place that is challenging because we've, we've held on to our dream for so long. We've we got our hands all over it. We're trying to make it happen in our own strength. We're trying to control it instead of trusting you. Today, Father, we come to climb that mountain and surrender to you. You are good. You're the one who begins a good work in us and is faithful to complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. I pray we would surrender today what you have placed in our hearts that we might see you glorified and at work. We pray in Christ's name, amen. Would you stand this morning with us? We're going to sing together. We're going to enter a time of worship. We're going to do what Abraham did. We're going to surrender to God what he has called us to surrender. I really hope you enjoyed today's broadcast. I hope it has inspired you to lift him up and live him out. If you'd like to know more about Vertical Church, check us out online at verticalchurchovilla.com. We'll see you next time.